Hello and welcome to KOS at the Movies. I'm Joshua LeBure, and today I'm here with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez. Hey! Hi! And we're talking about the film Coded Bias. During my first semester at MIT, I got computer vision software that was supposed to track my face. It didn't work until I put on this white mask. I'm thinking, all right, what's going on here? Is it the lighting conditions? Is it the angle at which I'm looking at the camera? Or is there something more? That's when I started looking into issues of bias that can creep into technology. Our ideas about technology that we think are normal are actually ideas that come from a very small and homogeneous group of people. Vast amounts of data at incredible speeds. Everybody has unconscious biases, and people embed their own biases into technology. This kid got stopped as a result of facial recognition misidentification. And then used that as justification to search you. This is an innocent child. Racism is becoming mechanized. Systemic issues are only going to be hardwired into new technologies. It's not just face classification, it's any data-centric technology. Every day, we are all being scored. Who gets hired? Who gets housing? I am making predictions for your life right now. The new documentary from Shalini Kantaya, Coded Bias, explores how machine learning and algorithms that are ubiquitous and affect many of the most important aspects of our lives can perpetuate and possibly make worse many of the existing inequalities based on race, gender, and class. The film is impactful, horrifying, and truly informative while asking some of the biggest questions that you may not have asked yourself. For me, Coded Bias is a must-watch for anyone and everyone. With that, what are your thoughts, Patrick and Diana? Scared. Oh, boy. Horrified. Yeah. (laughs) It's truly dystopian. It's here. I guess a bright spot for me, though, was that I really enjoyed the people that were profiled in mm. in the documentary, and I'm extremely glad that they are working for <laughs> that they are out there, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to do something yeah. about this. Yeah, this is a great film. Uh, it's a woman director, and I mean, one of the things that I noticed is like all of the experts talking about artificial intelligence. I think, with the exception of like one or two, are all female. Yes. Um, which is really great because whenever you talk about like science or technology, like usually the talking heads mm-hmm. are. Not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was like a really diverse group of women like working in this field and they're all featured here. Um, And I think like I think like Patrick said, I think that the the dystopia that is here is alarming. And I think, you know, to me, like these are the kind of things that we should be afraid of. Like, I think if, you know, if you want to be scared about like the president and fascism, like there are these other things that are unregulated, that are not on the news, that are not in any tweets. Like this is the real like authoritarian stuff that is happening. Yeah. I will say when this film started, I was very much like, oh, I've seen this before. Like it's another Mm. technology movie about how social media is bad and it's doing all this stuff. And, and then as it unfolded, (laughs) um, it kind of started with when Joy is trying to build this uh, technology that'll like put inspirational images over her face in a mirror. Um, in a mirror, and she's trying to build this technology, and she realizes it's not really working. 
And then she has to put like the white mask on and it starts recognizing her face, even though the mask is very inhuman. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Versus her, you know, black skin, her dark skin. Mm-hmm. That's when I was just like, oh, this is like what they mean when they're talking about our algorithms being. Because you hear it, we hear it all the time. I feel like I've heard it on the radio, mm-hmm. but I just haven't like really like made the visual connection. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is like, this is a thing. And it's like a horrible thing. And then as the film unfolds, it just becomes scarier and scarier and and shocking that we're not having this discussion, mm-hmm. like on a broader scale and a more like every yeah. day. <laughs> So they touched down, also, it's interesting, they touched down in a few different areas. So there is a, the facial recognition, not, and this is how we're, you know, brought into the movie, not recognizing people of color as human faces. Mm-hmm. And then there is, on the streets of London, they're talking about facial recognition being used as a policing tech mm-hmm. tactic mm-hmm. to kind of scan crowds of people and find out if they should be, Stopping folks. But also keeping that information in a database. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, the police are not allowed to take your fingerprints without your knowledge, Mm -hmm. yet they are allowed to keep a database of faces on the London streets. Yes. And then there's another aspect that's also algorithms Mm -hmm. that are prejudicial in uh, hiring. Mm -hmm. So um, there's... And firing. And firing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I think those are the three main... Am I missing one? I feel like maybe there was another one. Well, I think... There's offshoots. There's, a, there's offshoots. offshoots. Yeah. The real thing that it really like hit home to me during the London part, mm-hmm. when there's this activist out on the street and she's passing out information, like letting people know that this van is taking pictures of your face and it's keeping it in a database and there's facial recognition stuff happening right now and this is law enforcement and they don't have... You know, no one has approved of this really. It's yeah. just happening. Uh, the public barely knows about it. So she's out there passing on information, letting people know that this van is doing this thing. And so this guy, like, doesn't want his picture taken, so he covers up his face, and the cops stop him. Mm-hmm. They find him. Yeah, they find him. They stop him. They, like, uh, get his fingerprint because they're like, you're acting sketchy. Like, why are you covering your face? And then these activists are like, he doesn't, you know... He doesn't have to <laughs> show you his face. He can cover up his face if he's walking by you and they're like trying to justify why this is okay. And it's, that's where I truly felt like, oh, this is like super dystopian. And this is like not in a way of like a hy- hyperbolic like comparison to 1984 or something. It's like, oh, we're like, we're legit in it now. 1984 yeah. wishes. Yeah, but but that's the other aspect um, that I think we left out is that it, it also goes into social media, right? And the way like ads yeah. are targeting people, but also like what like the algorithms are learning about our patterns yes. of behavior by how we're using our phones, how we're using the social media, um, the things that like Facebook is able to do by the way that they tweak what ads look like on our feeds. Um, so there is also like that component. Yeah. I think for me, one of the interesting parts about the um the documentary and and i looked at some of the reviews and i think the headlines for the reviews make the film seem a lot more reductive than it is like it's not just about how like ai is racist um but 
and it's not just about the algorithms itself. It's, it's talking about the data set that algorithms are working with are biased because of the people who are feeding the data into right. the algorithm. Like it has a root and that root cause is people. Yeah. And because of people's bias, these algorithms like learn bias really quickly, just yeah. like the story of Tay, which was a Microsoft AI that was launched on Twitter. Um, it learned all of Twitter in 16 hours. And what it did, it became a racist, a sexist, homophobic gamer gator gamer gator mm -hmm. like and that's what it learned by like scouring all of just that one like social media platform another great example was the resume scanning bot where the data that they the subset that they gave to the bot was their current employees mm -hmm. which are uh this i forget which company it was but it is a company that has a, a lot of work to do as far as diversity goes and so judging by the data set that it was it was given, Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Was it Amazon? Mm -hmm. It was rejecting just based on the data set uh, that it had of what of who worked there mm -hmm. at that point, they were rejecting all of these resumes by women. Like, yeah, it was not like just, zero women. Yeah, yeah. Not, not just like, oh, a whole lot of them, but literally like every no women. single resume from a woman was rejected was rejected <laughs> because it was going off of the reality. Mm -hmm. of who works at Amazon currently. Mm -hmm. So the point is made, I think it's probably going to be in the, the trailer. <laughs> so this might be repeated, but you know, if you ask a computer to replicate a, an imperfect world, you're going to continue that imperf imperfection. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about alg algorithms and stuff, we're talking about it in a very broad sense. But when we're talking about who built the technology and decided what intelligence is, those are still questions that we don't have real solid answers for. So the people that came up with the idea of these algorithms decided what intelligence was with a small group of like five or six uh, white dudes at Berkeley, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And they, or Dartmouth. Dartmouth yeah, it yeah. was at Dartmouth. And then they um, decided it was chess. Like chess is the thing. This is like, the that epitome the, the ultimate yeah. sign of intelligence is being able to win at chess, which I was, you know, I just watched the queen's gambit, like pretty much in like two days. So I was oh, kind of feeling, <laughs> so I was kind of like, well, you know, you're like, maybe, <laughs> maybe it is chess rules. <laughs> <laughs> did I buy a chess set because of that show? Yes, I did. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. So, but I do think that it's like, it's like any idea, anything that is built by humans, anything that we create, you know, it comes from human beings and human beings are fallible. Mm -hmm. And we are, are building these things that are taking over decision-making in a lot of ways that are built on flawed decisions. And we build them in a way that they, right now they can't reason like a human can and be like, oh, they can't like think maybe I'm having a, bad thought because of systemic problems. So maybe I need to like shift a little bit. They go for the most logical, this is the information I was given, this is the choice I'm gonna make, yes. right? And humans are already broken and it's hard enough to like get humans to make good decisions. But once you start telling machines to just make decisions based on bad information, it's hard to, it, it's scary, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. and I don't wanna 
really get like conspiracy theory-ish and, <laughs> and dystopian. And I don't want to be like a, you know, that guy. I sense yeah. a butt. I'm not going to be like a QAnon-y type person. Um, it is just really about the reality of the situation though. And it is bigger than I think that a lot of us give credit for. Well, because it's, it's um, impacting so much of people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, like I, uh, the Houston uh, school district, yeah, you know, like uses algorithms um, to choose what teachers will be fired. Like not just who will be hired, but who will be fired. Like who is seen as a non-effective teacher, right? Algorithms are being used um, to assess recidivism rates of like specific parolees, mm. right? And mm. making making uh, uh, recommendations based on that. Mm. Like that, like it's it's affecting people in their daily lives and not just in this abstract way. Yeah, I guess that, that's um, what I was is, trying to get at. I think what made it so much more dystopian because you're also like, how do we get away from all of this? Like we know that like most places, especially large companies are like using this to hire Right. Yeah. Like, why do you think that you're in like taking forever to like input all your information into this, you know, online database? Like that's, you know, how universities hire. That's how Amazon hires. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's it's uh, so like tied to people's lives and livelihoods with entirely no regulation. At this yeah, point. no, nobody's looking out for it. There's no watchdog. Somebody says there's no FDA for this, mm-hmm. for algorithms, uh, for facial recognition. Um, somebody pointed out there's a patent that Facebook got that it that it claims that in the patent it says that it can use people's data, like face data, for whatever it wants to. Yeah, I mean Twitter. Sure. You know, anytime that you put like a little puppy face on you, like it's taking your biometrics. Mm. I do that because I do that all the time. I'm always puppy facing. You're always puppy facing. (laughs) But like, those are the things that like, you know, you could be like, okay, like it doesn't matter if they have my face, if I really just want this like puppy face, but it's like what they can do with that data. Yeah. Right. What other algorithms can they create out of that data Mm -hmm. that, you know, are um, saying who can or cannot have credit yeah. Or like mortgages or mm-hmm. surveilling apartment buildings. <laughs> well, and it's also what they were talking about in the film too, is the asymmetrical power structure mm-hmm. that is already growing in the real world, but it's like being amplified in the digital world now too, where these yeah. giant corporations can kind of do whatever they want with our data. And we literally have like beyond like moving into the woods and <laughs> completely like, yeah, leaving society and kind of punishing ourselves like we have no recourse Mm -hmm. yeah it's done i always admire a documentary that can make things that are incredibly complex really simple and understandable and i think the filmmakers did an excellent job and the talking heads that they picked are also people who were so good at um explicating the urgency of the situation that it really did feel like in my head, I was like, I've chosen the wrong career. Like, how do I start like, 
you know, suing people over these right. algorithms. Yeah. Like, I got to yeah. do something. Yeah, and as far as, like, filmmaking choices go as well, like, also, like, starting with the case that they did, which is mm -hmm. Joy, uh, and she, you know, realizing that they that the computer could not recognize her face yeah. and realizing that it couldn't recognize the face of any other black person. Like that is such a good entry point to like jump into, like if they dropped us into hiring practices with algorithms, we would not be yeah. talking about this movie yeah. right now. I don't think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really well, it's a great package. It's a well put together movie. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the talking heads, one of the people I think just deserves a special, mentioned too is Kathy O'Neill. Oh yeah. And she yeah. wrote the book Weapons of Math Destruction, which she is really great. good. So with that, uh what films should people watch with coded bias? People should watch Minority Report. Mm. Uh Tom <laughs> Tom Cruise hit. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, watch it now. It is about um a world in which there are these uh women creatures called precogs who are basically like mathematical algorithms and they can predict crime. And so there's like a, a crimeless world um, because everyone is basically pre-arrested before they even commit the thing that they're supposed to have done. And um, it's mentioned in Coded Bias uh, because of, you know, all this like surveillance that also, well, you know, tells you what are the percentages that you might mm -hmm. commit a crime? And I have this note in my in my notes that because the scene they chose is when Tom Cruise is specifically walking through a yeah. building and all these specialized ads start popping up mm -hmm. when it recognizes his face. And I was like, oh, this is already happening right now. This like, is the this world. Is now. What, this is what we're experiencing. We caught up to Minority Reports so yeah. fast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have those weird air computers. Yeah. Oh. I, I mean, sometimes when I use my iPad, it feels like an air computer. That's true. <laughs> I heard they're working on it. The holographic keyboards. I can barely type. <laughs> How am I going to do that in the air? I think I'd be better at it. Okay. Yeah. I'm well, let's hope. I love technology. No, Minority <laughs> Report. <laughs> Minority Report is a great movie. Okay. It um, is really good. But, but I also think that it's one of these films that's kind of like a touchstone. Like, a lot of people have seen this film. A lot of people understand the themes of this film. If you just say Minority Report, everyone would be like, oh, yeah. That's like, it's a modern-day dystopian tale that has interestingly, I think, become like a classic of this, of this genre. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, watch it if you haven't seen it. Or just watch it again. It's a great film. Uh, my recommendation would be Lo and Behold, Reveries of a Connected World, which is a Werner Herzog documentary from uh, several years ago that is a broad survey of how the internet uh, has and will continue to change the way that we behave as human beings and interact. Even the Buddhists are tweeting. Yes. The famous I quoted scene. that in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. There's a very famous or a, a, you know an impression a scene that leaves an impression of mm -hmm. Buddhist monks in bright orange robes uh, in front of the Chicago skyline, uh, just like glued to their phones. My choice is a film that actually came out this year as well that actually made me delete Instagram off my phone and <laughs> and delete my Twitter app. Oh. Um, I still have the accounts, but I don't have them on my phone anymore. Mm. So still um, follow. Yeah, so still follow me, but I'm only going to check it like once a day instead of 50 times a day. 
Um, it's the social dilemma on Netflix. Um, it, I thought it did a really, it did similar to this, what this film did just at explaining an incredibly complicated situation. And this one is more specifically about how social media companies specifically turn your data into their business where you're the product. And it's really interesting because unlike when maybe we used to be, you know, we would subscribe to like HBO or something. We were paying for them to, or pay for cable or something. We would pay them, you know, to give us a service and they would advertise to us to subsidize some of the costs, but they created the content. And now with social media, we're creating the content and we're the ones being advertised to and <laughs> they're selling our data to the advertisers. And it's just this whole mess of, realizing exactly uh what our role is in this current situation um and just like the addiction um mm -hmm. and just the constant like uh anxiety that it produces in our society and i think that there's been a lot of conversation about this a lot of stories about it a lot of articles and movies and etc cetera, etc cetera. but i thought that this one did a particularly good job to the point where i literally deleted instagram off my phone while I was watching it because I kept getting <laughs> notifications and was like, you know what? This is crazy. <laughs> Coded Bias is now available on film streams at home. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LaBure. For film streams, I'm Patrick Kinney. And also for film streams, I'm Diana Martinez. <laughs>